Well, I'm sure if you've been paying attention, the uh, conservatives, they've uh, launched uh, kind of their first campaign ad. It's Andrew Scheer alone talking to camera, just mentioning how tough it is uh, for families who are uh, playing by the rules but uh, don't seem to get further ahead. He's talking about and points to the anxiety of uh, young families and uh, how tough it is uh, for them to uh, move uh, forward. And I'm sure you'll probably see that ad again because the conservatives actually have been pretty smart in their buying. Uh, I noticed every time we were just talking about Bianca Andreescu uh, a minute ago, every time she plays in the U.S. Uh, Open, lo and behold, I see the one and only uh, Andrew Shear uh, once, twice, maybe even three times uh, during the match. So they're really uh, kind of targeting these ads to events that Canadians are, are tuning in for. But is Andrew Shear right when he uh, talks about that? And for uh, young Canadian families, is the struggle when it comes to finances greater than ever? Saskar personal finance expert, Rabina Ahmed-Hawk. She's on the line and joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. You're not going to ask me if a politician is right, are you? No, 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 no. I'm coming to you for the clear-cut facts. And <laughs> let's get rid of the spin and everything yeah, that's going exactly. on politically. Uh, what is your take, though, for, for young Canadians, young Canadian families? Is it tougher than ever? It is. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have a lot more things that we buy in our everyday life on subscription compared to generations before. I mean, even little things like Netflix and your cell phone and your cable bill, and you might have a subscription to um, a, a home service for meal kits. All of those things didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. And now a lot of people can't live without them. Um, even the fact that we have easy access to things like Uber and online shopping, all of this is just creating new temptation for uh, young families to spend more, uh, to get their lives even more uh, complicated by having subscription services. And sometimes they don't know how to live without it, so they don't know where to turn when they want to cut the cost. You know, I've said that uh, for some time now, that uh, we've got so many different bills that our parents never had or had to uh, worry about. And having said that, though, is the financial pressures that young Canadians and young Canadian families that they're feeling or, or facing, is it their fault? Do they need to show more kind of self-restraint and be tougher when it comes to budgeting, make some tough decisions? I mean, it's not their fault. Uh, they're just trying, like any other young family, to try to make it happen. Uh, definitely, last 20 years, money's been pretty cheap, last 15 years for sure. So a lot of young people have got themselves into a lot of debt. They've also seen their parents maybe not be very fiscally responsible, spend money pretty freely because money has been cheap. And so they haven't learned real money lessons either, how to save, how to spend responsibly, how to make sure you pay off your debts on time. Uh, so some people have sort of been left in the lurch, uh, so to speak, where they're told, okay, we'll deal with your money now, but they've never been taught any of these lessons. And then banks are offering them more and more money. Credit is really easy to come by. So it's more about reteaching some of these old school values of how to save every time you get paid, how to make sure that you don't get into more debt than you can afford, how to calculate future costs of things, uh, you know, if your roof leaks or you need to fix your car, you need to travel on emergency to make sure you have a fund set aside to pay for those things. Uh, we've sort of forgotten those things in the last 10, 15 years because uh, no one has been teaching young people um, some of those really core money lessons. How much is social media to blame for this or responsible uh, for this? Because, you know, the old saying is keeping up with the Joneses, but you're not keeping up with the Joneses just down the street anymore. You're keeping up with sometimes the Joneses who might be halfway around the world because you just see all this opulent uh, lifestyle online. And sometimes you're keeping up with people who have, you know, a hundred, a thousand times more your wealth. 
I mean, if you're trying to compete with celebrities that post online that show their fabulous lifestyles, there's no way that you'll ever be able to afford that without going totally broke. And so you're right, you know, keeping up with the Joneses now takes on a totally different meaning. You see, you know, a celebrity that you admire wearing a sweater that you love, you want that for the fall because that's the must-have fall sweater. It might have been that before it was just your classmate that you saw wearing that sweater. So maybe that was a little bit more affordable because obviously they live in your neighborhood. Maybe their socioeconomic class is the same as yours. Now we're trying to compare ourselves the people who literally make hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And we're trying to mimic a lifestyle that's never going to be attained, especially by young people who don't have that kind of money. But speaking specifically to people who are in their 30s, uh, there's never been a time when you are in more debt than when you are in your 30s. You've got mortgage, you've got kids, and on top of it, you might be also financially taking care of your parents who may not have saved enough for retirement. So I call them often the, the crunch years or the sandwich generation where You've got responsibilities, financially at least, on both sides. And some for some, that's just unbearable. They cannot manage them. Yeah, well, for that sandwich generation, is there a percentage of your take-home pay or income uh, that you could say is a responsible amount of uh, debt, Rabina, during those times? You know, when you first go for a mortgage, they want to show that, you know, you're not using more than 30% of your take-home uh, pay to service your mortgage. I still think that's a pretty good number. Um, a lot of people are now more closer to 40, 50, even higher, especially in a city like Toronto, where, you know, you might make a 1000 bucks every two weeks, but then 500 or more goes towards rent or some other, uh, you know, shelter costs. And that really does mean that you're spending the majority of your income just to put a roof over your head. So maybe we need to rethink where we live. Maybe we need to think, you know, are we living in a place that's unaffordable? Maybe I need to uh, downgrade my lifestyle. Uh, You might have to make some hard choices. And this is why a lot of young people are choosing to leave Toronto. We know that places like Hamilton and Guelph and other surrounding areas are becoming hotbeds for young people because they can actually afford a home out there and not have to spend 40, 50, 60% of their income on their mortgage. And many people now work from home, have satellite jobs, and so the commute is no longer a factor where they might have to come to Toronto maybe one, two times a week, but not that five-day-a-week grind that a lot of people get bogged down with. If they move far away, they don't want to commute into the city every day for five days because that in and of itself is, is, is quite um, grueling. Yeah, you're touching on what was my final point, housing prices. And you mentioned you know, a lot of people are uh, leaving, abandoning uh, Toronto because of them. Uh, how much of a problem is that for the sandwich generation, for uh, younger uh, Canadian uh, families, uh, particularly when the threshold now is a, a 20% uh, down payment uh, for a home and housing prices are as uh, high as they've ever been? Well, if you think about it, if you want to buy a detached home in Toronto, um, and if, you know, detached homes now, even if you look at a million-dollar home, which is still below the average of, a, of, a, of what homes are going for, detached homes are going for in the city of Toronto, you need $200,000 down. And then you also have to prove that you could pay that $800,000 mortgage based on a percentage that is two percentage points higher than the, the rate, the contract rate the bank is giving you, or the Canada Bank of Canada posted rate, which is well into the 5% range. So you not only need to get a hefty down payment, you need to now prove that you can actually service this $800,000 mortgage that the bank is going to lend you. So there are a lot of hurdles for young people to, to, to get, get through before they can actually get into home. And so many of them are thinking, I'm going to rent, I'm going to move out of the city. I mean, you know, just like New York City now has become a kind of place where many people can't afford to actually buy there. You don't even think about it, you just rent. That's where Toronto is headed, where young people might 
find that it's just unaffordable, that rent is just the only way that you can stay in the city. And if you want to buy a home, you got to move out to the outskirts, where New York, I guess that would be New Jersey or other places like that. We are sort of getting, maybe we're not there yet, but we are starting starting to climb towards that level. Yeah, you have to wonder what the uh, long-term implications of all of that is for the uh, city of Toronto. Uh, personal finance expert Ravina Ahmed Hawk with us this afternoon. Uh, Ravina, appreciate the conversation as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff.